Good morning, everyone. I am Mark, Pastor Mark, and this is E3, and we are in the midst of Pathways 2014, Pathways Signs, and we're going through different kind of uh, signs that, uh, that people that are following Christ sometimes exhibit. This idea came uh, several years ago when I actually went over to the Gortneys. Uh, every year they have something called the Gortney Gobble Fest, which is on Thanksgiving, where they invite uh, people to come over to their home. And one thing that I noticed uh, at the Gortney's house is how many folding chairs that they had. And I started thinking about this idea of folding chairs, and, and this is what Pastor Eric talked about last week. <clears throat> and I started noticing that people who really got this idea of hospitality, inviting people in their homes, you know, they had their normal chairs, you know, their love seats and their uh, recliners and things like that. But they also had these folding chairs available so when unexpected guests came or when their uh, seating capacity needed, that they were prepared and they would have folding chairs. And I started thinking about that idea of like, what other signs are there uh, for followers of Christ? And for many years, I've wanted to do this series where we looked at different signs like, like folding chairs and uh, just to kind of as a reflection, a look in our own lives. So today, the next sign that we're going to be looking at is a passport. Now, a passport, uh, is, as uh, Carl on the video said, is one of the things, one of the two things that you need to go on a, a global outreach trip, on a, a missions trip. You need a passport and a willing attitude. A willing attitude is not enough. A passport is not enough. You need both. And uh, what I think about a, when I think about a passport, and I think about the many uh, global outreach trips that have gone out from here and just uh, different ones that I've, I've been involved with. It, it always strikes me that there's always somebody on the team uh, who, is, who is scrambling to get their passport so they can go. And it's always very stressful. And, uh, and you end up spending a lot more money to expedite it and, 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 and things like that. So uh, I was thinking about this idea of a passport being a sign, a passport being a sign that you are ready. A passport in a follower's Christ that you are ready. If, if God calls, you are ready to go. And uh, it doesn't uh, necessarily mean anything else except that. And uh, at the end of the day, if you don't have your passport, hopefully I'm going to convince you to have your to get a passport, and uh, be, so if God calls, you will be ready to go. Before uh, we jump into all that, though, uh, I'd like to do our journal moment at the beginning of uh, our talk today. So, if you will pull out your Pathways journal, we're going to be doing this every single week. Uh, the staff and I really believe in journaling. 
and believe that it is a profound way to experience God. So to help us get in the habit of each and every one of us journaling, uh, we're going to have these journal moments. So uh, the way I like to do journaling is I like to write down a scripture and then write some questions of that scripture. So um, today we're going to write down Galatians chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. So I'm going to just read the first part, and you may not have enough time to write it all down, so uh, just skip a few lines and then you can write the question. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard of Christ. Okay, go ahead and write that. And if you don't have a journal yet, you can pick one up at the Pathways booth uh, now if you want or after the gathering. It's up to you. I'll read it again. As I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. When I read that, the question that I came up with is, where in your life have you placed the law over the message of Jesus? Where in your life have you placed the law, religion, over the message of Jesus? We're not going to spend the time for you to contemplate that answer right now, but it's something that I hopefully you'll journal uh, later on. So skip down to several more lines and we'll do uh, verse 6 and 7. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. And the question that I came up with uh, for that one is this idea that, that God called Abraham to go. And for many of us, or for all of us really, to go, to go be an ambassador of Christ is to obey. So where or who or what is God calling you to go obey? Right? To go is to obey, to go obey. That'll make a little more sense as we continue. So where is God calling you to go obey, to go and obey? All right, good. 
So if you open up your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12, actually, Pastor Eric touched on this scripture last week, and it was at that point where God called Abram to go out into the future, uh, out into a land that he would show him. This is verses 1 through 3. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now, I spend quite a bit of time in the going deeper on the back of your fridge fold uh, to kind of help guide you in in taking this scripture a lot deeper. But for today, I want to focus on one particular word, and that's go. This word go is really fascinating in the original language, and, and, uh, and I think that it will really illuminate us and, and hopefully propel us to want to be people who go. This word go in Hebrew is halak. Halak. All right. Somebody uh, after, the, after the gathering at 9 a.m. said every time that I said halak, they wanted to say boom chakalaka. <laughs> so please don't do that. Because I'm going to say halak a lot, and if you go boom chakalaka, we'll laugh a lot, but we won't really get where I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to get today. So, so halak, this, this word halak means go, but it actually means more than just go. This is so cool, okay? This is at least cool to me. It actually means to take a step. Halak. And... Let's reread this scripture with this idea of halak and it being take a step. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and take a step to the land that I will show you. This is the command, to take a step, to leave your native country and just take a step to the land that I'll show you. He didn't even say where he was going. He's like, look, take this step and I am going to open up a world to you if you will take this step. Halak. And I believe that this word halak has traveled through the ages and has taken a really deep root in our lives as followers of Christ that it is absolutely essential. Because this word halak, actually rabbis picked up on it and uh, rabbis used uh, to teach uh, with the Torah something that was called halakha. Okay? Boom chakalaka, yeah. Halakha. And halakha actually means the way or to walk. So halak is to take a step, but halakha is the way. Does the way ring any bells here for you, church? That, the way, that's right, that's the church. That's what Christians in the first century, before they were Christians, before anything, they, they just said, those are the people of the way. These are the halaka people, boom chakalaka. 
See, I asked you not to do it, but I, I, I don't practice what I preach, right? I, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> Boom, chakalaka. So, halaka. So, and we're people of the way, halaka. And Jesus tells us and calls us to be people of the way. He doesn't tell us, you know, it's going to be exactly for, like this for us. We're much more like Peter when he's like, you know what? Take a step out of the boat and come toward me. We don't have the guarantees. We don't have any guarantee that it's going to be all right. We take that step. And I believe that every time we take that step, every time we take that halak and we leave our native land like Abram did and we take a step toward holistic love, we are leaving our native country. What is our native country? Our native country is hurt and pain and brokenness in isolation. And when we take that step, we are taking that step of faith where we are shifting our weight from trust in our own ways and our own coping mechanisms, and we are shifting that weight to faith in God. And every time we do that, whenever time we put our faith, what we are doing is we are trusting that God will catch us, will support us, that God knows better than us. And the way for Christians is, this, is what Jesus laid out in front of us is the great commandment to holistically love God, to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And equally as important, love your neighbors as yourself. That is the direction that, that God has called us. And I was just about to go back there, so... Oh, here we go. Where's Vanna when you need her, right? See, all the old people laughed. Because the young people, I have no idea. You're like, who's Vanna? Google it. So... This is how we conceptualize this idea of, of halak, of, follow, of following God. At the center of the Christian experience is love. At the center of the Christian experience is, is love. In First John chapter 4, verse 16, and this is also in the purpose book, we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God. And God lives in Him. <sighs> Sell your stock in 3M. There's a protest. All right, I'm just going to hold it up here, I guess. I'm very happy about this. Would anybody walk out if I put it over? 
Are you kidding me? I'm doing it. You shall have no false idols in front of it, saith the Lord. I'll take it down when I'm done. Don't worry yourself. Blame Jameis, right? Hashtag. All right. So our halak to start with is the great commandment. That's to holistically love God. That out of our love, it's our center of our experience is love, but we are also to be people of love. And what Jesus says uh, is in John uh, 15, uh, 10 and 11, that if we obey His commandments, we will experience an overflow. And in that overflow, that we are able to show Christ's love to our neighbors and to the world. This is where I think perhaps the church has maybe lost their way a little bit. Because I think also often we start... with the Great Commission, the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them and teaching them. And we say, that is what we want to do. And we say, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. But the problem is when we try to do it in our own power, when we try to do it with, not in our overflow that God has filled us up with, but we try to do it in our own power that we run out of steam. Yesterday, I was in Claremont at a cycling race. And we were going around the course. Think NASCAR, okay? Going around the course and, you know, making left-hand turns. But we weren't making left-hand turns. We were making right-hand turns. But it doesn't matter. That's... We're going along, and the race was going really well, and there was uh, about a lap and a half left. And I decide, I'm going to attack. I'm not going to punch anybody. That's just what we say when we're attacked. We're going to go off the front. You guys tracking? Okay. I'm going to go off the front because, you know, I got this power. You know, I'm going to go. I'm going to, you know, do this thing. And... I go off the front, and and everything's going really well until I realize something. I'm 45, and all the guys in the peloton behind me are in their 20s. And I'm going, 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 and, you know, the proverbial, you know, blow up. And then they come, and they gobble me up and poop me out the back. (laughs) And it's like, bye. Peloton, boom, chakalaka. And, uh, and I was reminded of a principle here, of, of, of the fallacy of what we do. We do this all the time with the Great Commission, that we, we, we're all jazzed up, and we're like, we got our passport, and we, we have our, our, our willingness to go, 
and we go. We go, 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 go. But all too often, we do it in our own power. And what we are told in Peter is that we are to serve God, to do all these things in, with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything we do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. When we start there with the Great Commission and we try to do it in our own power, we fail. We blow up. When we, when we say, you know what? We are going to bring Jesus to the nations. We're going to go do this, and I'm going to do that, and all of these kind of things that we're getting it wrong. And I can't tell you how many times that people have thought we're going to do this, and, and they, they get out in front with good intentions, and they want to be obeying, and they want to bring the gospel to the nations, and they want to bring Jesus to the nations but they run out of steam because they've run out in front of the community that they're in, that they've done it in the strength that they have. And just like me yesterday, that you quickly realize that the strength in yourself is limited and that you have to rely on God's strength for the long haul. In a lot of ways... I think that when Jesus hears us say, I'm going to bring Jesus to the nations, that he's sitting there going like, I'm already here. I'm just waiting for you to show up. <laughs> Boom, jogga, logga, right. So I actually need... Oh, nobody's crying that I'm covering up my drawing. You people. <laughs> and this was the, the kind of the moment that, that, that this big moment where Jesus gave the Great Commission, and then, then there was this lull, these 40 days, you know, between the Great Commission and, and, and uh, Pentecost. And Jesus comes in, in Acts 18, or excuse me, chapter 1, verse 8, and he reminds the disciples this, but you will receive power when my Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I think that this is really, really important, especially when you overlay it on what Peter said and then on what Jesus said as far as if you abide in me and in my love and my commandments that you will experience overflow and that we take a step back from that and we say, you know what, uh, I need to be a person about uh, halak, about the way, about 
holistically loving God and how uh, loving my neighbor as myself. And then he comes back around and says, you know what? I am unveiling this world to you as you are halakha, as you are walking, as every step that you take, I will unveil another part of my great mystery to you. And he laid it out like this, these concentric circles. And for those of you who are not experts in ancient Middle East geography, what Jesus is saying here in in Acts chapter 1 is start in Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is where they were at. And this is the first place that we are to start, to start in our neighborhoods, to start in our cities, to take that first step. And for many of us, that first step is to our neighbor or, or to an act of service or, or uh, getting involved in Serve Tallahassee or serving around here. Um, another act of, of service next weekend is that we send out our red-eye truck to different events, cancer walks and all sorts of stuff, and it's a great way to serve. In fact, we need somebody, uh, one more person to serve next weekend, next Saturday, um, so we can do it. So if you could stop by the Pathways booth, all the information's there. That, that's a way to take that first step, that halak of saying, you know what, I am going to be the gospel, be love. I'm going to go to the events that people care about, and I am going to be the presence of love and serve others. Then he goes and says, Judea is the, is the next, and that's the next step of, of the concentric circle. So you have Judea, and think about like Tallahassee, and then think about Leon County. So, so Tallahassee, and then the next step is to go to Leon County. And, and to kind of get to those, those uh, people that are just not in your immediate purview, but being aware of what's going around your city, what's going happening in your county, and how you can serve them. Now, the next one is really interesting. It's go to Samaria. And this is crossing cultures at this point, that... This is saying, you know what, uh, the Jews had a, a very low view of Samaritans. Samaritans and Jews, they, they didn't get along very well, and there was a bunch of history behind that. And what Jesus is saying, you know what, the, your next step is to go and to love those, to, to bring the gospel and invite those who you don't normally, wouldn't normally associate with into a relationship with me. And then, and for, for us, you know, that, that could be, um, you know, Guatemala or, you know, or uh, just a greater area. You know, maybe it's New York or California or something like that, you know, weirdos in SoCal and, and these kind of things. And then finally, he says, to the outer ends of the earth. And 
that is obviously all the, all the way out, you know, and currently our church is involved in Guatemala and Haiti and, and Uganda, and especially Haiti and, and Uganda is a very different culture than ours. And it's just this idea that it all starts for a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, it starts with a willing heart and saying, you know what, I am ready to go. It often breaks my heart when I have conversations with people when they say, I believe God is calling me to do this, but I can't because I'm in too much debt or I, I committed to something, you know, uh, without really thinking it through. Or, or different things like that. And for those of us who are followers of Christ, that we need to be in a constant state when God says, Halak, we take that step. Again, I've seen so many times the followers of Christ that, that something happens and they feel a calling to go and they miss it or have great anguish because they don't have their passport. And I want to encourage you guys to be ready because you never know when God is going to show up and call you. I think about the Hannahs and, and their impact of their ministry in, in Haiti. And you know, the uh, disaster happened in, in Haiti, and, and I don't know why God told them they needed to be involved. Do they, you know, know a lot of people in Haiti? No. You know, did they speak Creole? No. They only spoke South Georgian. <laughs> they had to learn that, but God said, halak, and they took that step. And did you know everything that you were meant to do? No, you had no clue. That's not a bad thing. That's a Jesus thing. When God comes, he says, Halak, and I will show you the land that God, that I have prepared for you. I will show you what is meant to come. That is not for you to know. What I need you to do is to be willing to halak, to take that initial step and take and continue to take that step after step until you are where I am. I asked Dan, this is Pastor Dan's globe. It's pretty cool, huh? I just want to show you something that I came across several years ago, thinking about the Great Commission and, and Christ saying, look, I, want, I have been given all authority on heaven and earth, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to invite people to follow me, to be students of me, that I want you to baptize them, and I want you to teach them the halakha. I want to teach you, have you teach them the way. 
And this is really fascinating, and this is, this is obviously just speculating. But in the Middle East, in Jerusalem's right here. In Christ, this is where Christ gave the great commission for us to go out to the nations. From there, it spread north into Europe. And it grew in Europe and, and in the Middle East. And then the gospel started to get a little bit corrupted and it, be, and it became kind of the predominant worldview and uh, it forced some people to leave Europe and come to the United States to look for religious freedoms. Over the next hundreds of years, throughout North America and South America, the gospel was proclaimed. But while Asia was locked down and Russia was locked down, when the wall came down and, and Russia lifted the uh, ban that the gospel started to spread throughout Russia, and then now in China people are uh, crying uh, for freedoms there. And under this oppression, underneath uh, the bamboo curtain, that, that churches are thriving and amazing things are happening. And as we continue, as the gospel continues to spread west, it's coming back now to the Middle East where it began. And, it, and it's starting to permeate throughout Africa. And we're seeing this, this, this final kind of push in this conflict between uh, where it all began between uh, uh, in, back in Jerusalem with Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. And I'm not putting a timeline or, or anything, and I don't know if that means anything, but it really struck me when I thought about, about the gospel and, and how, how it has spread and how from this one point in Jerusalem, it has spread west. And now it is back in the, the far east and it is coming back into the Middle East. And right now as we speak that fellow brothers and sisters in Christ are fighting and being persecuted for their right to be able to love God and to love people. And this is not just our personal story at E3, but we are part of a much larger story. And we never know when God is going to call us into action. And I've seen it again and again and again. And it is incumbent upon us when God calls that we are ready, when God says, halak, that we have positioned ourselves in order to take that step. 